Welcome to the Pointless Void Podcast, where two friends and screenwriters turn a dumb idea into a movie. This is uh, your co-host, Carter Young. And I am also your co-host, Jack Huckabee. We are in a different location today. This is, is a true. fun, fun place to record. We're actually, this is kind of weird because you obviously can't see the, see us, but we're like facing the same direction. Mm-hmm. We're actually not looking at each other. We're looking at a TV screen with nothing We're looking on at a TV it. screen because later today we're actually recording a separate podcast. Um, and that one we have to watch something on the screen. Mm. So we set it up that way. But for this podcast, we're just like <laughs> kind of like we're pretty far away from each other on separate couches, just doing the exact same pose, but mirrored. Exactly. Looking that's at how each we're other. Able to look at each other. But uh, it doesn't really matter. So um, today's episode, we're going to try to re... We're going to do a prequel to a Japanese anime movie mm-hmm. and we're going to do what all Americans do and freaking destroy it because this is one yes. of the greatest movies I've seen. Fantastically written, amazing. gorgeous, and we're going to ruin it. Yes, we are. <laughs> we're going to keep our American heritage proud. No. Yeah. But the name is your name. And I'm just to kind of say, I've never really watched anime. In fact, I'm going to say I've never watched an anime movie before this one, but Jack convinced me to watch it. We watched it together. One of the greatest movies I have ever seen. It will be in your mind for weeks after you see it. Just thinking of the this scenes the and way? the beautiful. Sorry, yeah, I just realized is. there's a fan going. Mm-hmm. And I can Where kind of hear it. <laughs> Carter just got shocked by the fan. That was a big shock. You heard it, right? Yeah, I think the bikes. Eh, I doubt they picked it up, but I definitely heard it. Well, look at that. It stopped spinning. Wait, did you just slow it down? Okay, I think you stopped it. Wow, okay. Now we don't have that sound. So back to what you were saying. Sorry to interrupt you. I just didn't want to hear that fan forever. Yeah, no, I realized I could pick it up through the mic as well. Um, Yeah, no, this movie will be stuck in your head for weeks and months after. After I've seen it, sometimes I'll just think of one in particular scene that I guess we'll discuss as we start going through it because it has the stuff to do with the background and all that different kind of stuff. But it is just a beautifully made movie, beautifully animated, great storyline. Well, just to let you know, if you want, well, first, watch this film, please, your name. Yes. Um, But if you want to hear what I particularly have to say about it and another co-host of mine, Tom, um, we re- there was one time when Carter and I couldn't make an episode and I rele- I re-released an episode I did of me reviewing the movie Your Name. So this for the point po- is void for the point. So it's oh. on this podcast. You can find there it. You go. I don't remember what episode it is. It's actually not a numbered episode. It's like a bonus episode. Cool. But it's almost two hours long of me and my friend Tom reviewing specifically Your Name. So yeah, and two hours is a short amount of time that you could do to review this movie. It is if you go into depth about what this movie I could watch this movie a hundred times and have new things to say about it. There's so much to the, like we could do an entire episode just on the art artistry of the backgrounds. Yeah. You could do an entire episode on the, um, I mean, even the, um, the English voice acting is fantastic. It is. I couldn't even tell that it was dubbed over. You know what I mean? Yeah. That is such a good job out of everything about that. Um, you could go into the religion, the uh, Shinto Shinto. You could even go to the Shinto religion that has a big part to play in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, Definitely. There's so much about it. It's just amazing. And we're going to destroy it. Yeah. So we're going <laughs> to, so, we're going to try not to, but let's be real. <laughs> 
Yeah, so I'm assuming everyone listening has seen this movie because we told you to, we recommended it, and you should mm-hmm. watch it. You're going to enjoy it. Um, this is one of those movies that I, like, when I r- recommend it to a friend, I, like, overhype it, and they're like, you're probably going to overhype it. I'm like, I actually don't think I can overhype this movie. You it's can't. like the one movie that, like, even if you overhype it a bunch, the mm-hmm. twist is going to th- surprise you. Yeah, the midpoint for this movie is one of the best examples of a midpoint. Because the midpoint is where it's supposed to like raise the stakes to a whole nother level that, you know, it's supposed to be a twist and this movie does it to perfection. And I mean, in such a good way, it was insane. Yeah. And, um, we're going to talk a lot about the way that this movie was written because again, like we said, we're going to ruin this movie because we're, I don't know who the screenwriters were for this, but Mm -hmm. they're much better than us. I think it was the same guy who directed it. Really? He wrote it. I believe so. I'll have to look it up, but. So we're going to talk a lot about his writing choices because we're going to use his for like heavy inspiration when we write our movie mm-hmm. because, um, I, and again, please, please watch this movie because I, you should watch this movie blind. If you, you know yes. what's going to happen, the movie will still be great, but you yes. just won't have that same experience. If you watch it blind, you have to watch. So this please don't blind. listen to our, us talk about it because we are going to spoil it. And I want you to experience this movie. Yes. So pause it right now. Watch the movie, then come back and join us and join us because we're going to spoil for the prequel. So fun fact about this movie it was released in April 7th, 2017. The director is Makoto Shinkai. I mm-hmm. think is how you say it. Did he write the film as well? He directed it, screenplay, cinematography and story by. He did all of it. And so, so this is a true passion project of his. True. Yes. And in flying colors. <laughs> mm-hmm. He has a few other films that I haven't seen. I've heard, I've heard he has really good films. I've heard this is his best one, yes, but yes. I've heard that he has a few other films that are really well made as well. Yeah. That's the, that's the problem when you make like such a great movie like this one. Yeah. Is like, cause this was his first big movie, I think. Uh huh. And so now he has to live up to that and it's never, all his films are great, but they're just never going to meet that high again. They won't. They, I, it's possible. It's possible. Maybe but he has some great movies. It's hard to think of a movie that's better written than this one. Like the only director slash writer that I can think of that can come up with these kind of great ideas and put them into a great movie is I, I, I've talked about this when we watched it. Christopher Nolan, I felt like is one of the few that comes with such unique ideas. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And can put it to film so nice and so well put that the story yeah. goes together. The he does live action, and so the acting and CGI go together, as well as um, the music. Because the music for this film, Your Name, is also phenomenal. Not only is it phenomenal in English, but it's phenomenal in Japanese. They recorded it twice. Yeah, and it's so good. <laughs> yeah, like I listened to the soundtrack. Um, was it this? No, it wasn't this morning. Mm-hmm. Yesterday, I was actually listening to the full soundtrack. I listened yeah. to both Japanese and English, and they're both. I mean, they're the same songs. Mm-hmm. But they're like they're different singers because they're in different language, and they're just so they're both so incredible and different. Yeah, but it fits with it so well because I can't even explain the songs. How they do it is they make it so intenseful but peaceful at the same time. Yeah, within the same song, with especially within the title song, I can't remember what it's called. Um, Some, something sparkle. Yeah, it was like sparkled. I think is it, what it, it was. was when the comet came down. Yeah, that. But it's like it's so like majestic. Uh-huh. and intense and beautiful 
and also scary. Yeah. You know I, what I, mean? I it's can't like, explain it. You have to see this movie <laughs> and you have to listen to the music as it's going through the scene that it's made for. Cause it's just, yeah, because it exactly. comes together the so mu- well. The, the music by itself is fantastic, but combined with the emotion of the moment. Yeah. Is, is truly a breathtaking moment. It, the thing about this movie is it is so like you're sitting on the edge of your seat, mm-hmm. you're nervous, but you're all, but you also care about the love story. It's everything about it. It's just, it go, puts you through every emotion. Yeah. The main character Mitsuha, you experience her death twice in this movie. Oh yeah, you do. Cause it you sucks. Cause the <laughs> midpoint of the movie, when we're talking about the twist up until this point, this is just kind of like, it's still super well done and super, super enjoyable, but it's also just kind of like a cheesy body switching movie. teen body switching yeah. movie, which is still very well done. And like mm-hmm. I mentioned, good. Yeah. But when you hit that twist where you realize that there's been a time, there's a time difference and that Mitsu has been dead all this time. Oh my gosh. I remember watching it and I'm just like, and there's the, no way the there's mu- no way the music drops and you just mm-hmm. hear like animals and wind and yeah. birds. And then a beautiful thing in this animation is the characters are very well drawn out, you know, um, but there's not a lot of detail in the characters. What it is is in the environment that it's in is where they spent all their, you know, most of the concentration. And so I think it's kind of cool because you kind of have that contrast that, you know, the basic, more basic looking characters within this beautiful environment. And then there was yeah. this city that was beautiful and you loved, you fell in love with the city. That's Itamori, the you fell in love with it. Itamori and then you feel like destroyed. a character. It feels like a character in its own self. It does. Like you feel the loss of Itamori as uh-huh. a city. Like it's so sad because you've seen how gorgeous it is. Um, like I honestly feel like they doled down Tokyo a bit they to make did. Itamori yeah, more. feel like this special mm-hmm. place. Mm-hmm. And even when they were traveling through, so there's a scene where he's trying to find this place um, and they go to a bunch of different small towns and you could see, I don't know if they did this on purpose, but like they probably did. I mean, with these kind of movies, you know, everything's done so intentionally, you know, um, the, you can tell that it's not as beautiful as Itamori was. I mean, there was just something about Itamori. They, that do, when they you got made it there, sparkle truly. Like they actually did in the animation. Yeah. They made it a sparkling city. And it was just when it lost, you felt lost too. Cause you're like, I love this city and it's destroyed. And the people you fell in love with are also killed. And yeah. All of the characters, like we saw their name in a book of victims of mm-hmm. the died. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's, and then again, like I said, you experience her death twice. We get a moment where we think like they're going to be able to save themselves. And then she falls. Yeah. And then she like, so she falls behind and then the comet hits and you're like, oh, she died a second time. And Mm -hmm. it, anyway, so we could, we're, we're going to talk more about this movie, but I want to talk a little bit about what we're trying to write. Yeah. So an interesting thing about this film is they kind of foreshadowed, or I guess foreshadowed is not the right word because they didn't call back to it. Right. But they made it seem that the older characters, the dad and the grandma had experienced similar situations because they were the only ones that realized something was going on. Mm-hmm. And the grandma even specifically mentioned to Mitsuha that something like this happened to her. Mm-hmm. But there's no, I mean, that's it. We don't mm-hmm. know their story. Um, and, and not only did it happen to those two characters, pretty, this isn't even just speculation. I'm pretty sure they straight up said it. It seems as though it's been happening for generations and generations and generations because there's already 
like the lake that's already there is already a comet. Yeah. The crater that their Shinto shrine is in is in a crater. Mm -hmm. And then there's like the paintings of the comets on the ceiling. So this is like something that their family has been going through for generations. And so the thing took place, the first comet. So Itamori is built around a lake that was formed by a comet striking down. Right. Mm -hmm. And there's that circle thing. And they were discussing the, a comet hit there. What was it? 1200 years earlier. I can't remember point. the. I, it I was like a thousand years earlier, right? Whatever. I, it was some kind of d- yeah. distance. The comet comes um, back every so mm. often. But in the last scene, not the last scene, um, but in the last time they switched bodies and Mitsuha and what's his name again? Taki. Taki. I want to say Tori. Taki. <laughs> and Taki's talking to the grandma. The grandma knows that she's dreaming, right? She knows that this isn't actually Mitsuha. And Taki starts saying, you know how they went through the, it was like family portraits of all these different people. Mm-hmm. And she even said, or he, right, said, is this what they were experiencing as well was for this day, right? So mm-hmm. were the dreams in the past, was it still something to do with that day that was going on? You know what I mean? That's interesting. He said that, but they never addressed if it was or not. He just, he just said, is this what they were trying to that that's also very possible that like the painting on the ceiling was mm-hmm. painted by someone who was having a vision because it, it's canon yeah, you're it's right. canon that we can see different time periods uh-huh so an ancestor of Mitsusaha in the past could have seen this moment yeah. so it's not a different comment it's the same they're just mm-hmm. painting the future and you know it's also it would work because the person who would have painted it now, what they do so amazing in this movie is the dreaming aspect that when they're in the moment, they remember everything, right? They remember everything about the person that they switched with. Yeah. But then when they wake up, they can't, like, they can remember it, but they can't. And the harder you try to remember, the harder, the faster you forget, right? Yeah. Uh, which is so true, right? I thought it was genius how they did that. But I had, makes- a, I had a super great dream last night. Oh, really? And, and I've been trying to remember it all day, genuinely. Like, this really yeah. happened today. Uh-huh. Because I was like, oh, that was such a cool dream. And I keep, I can't remember it now. But you can remember certain, like, but there's like, yeah, there's little there, glimpses of yeah. it. And I'm like, man, that I remember it being so cool. What was that? And uh-huh. specifically, I wanted to remember it because I wanted to write about it. Uh-huh. But now it's gone. And now it's gone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, you see, they do that so well in this. But it was probably, I'm just thinking out loud. Um, if it was foretold and something like this, it was probably the person who was at the shrine what I'm guessing it probably was, was the person dreaming inside their body. They painted it while they still had their memory. Mm-hmm. And then when they switched bodies and the other person might've woken up, she would have been like, what is this for? You know what I mean? Exactly. Like what's this comment mean? Cause they would have forgotten. You and know then they I mean? wouldn't have been able to warn people. And, stuff and then like they wouldn't that. have been able to warn people. The grandma specifically. Yeah. So that's what I almost think how the comment picture got there. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know if do we, so I want to write about the grandma when she's young specifically because she's the say, oldest character oh yeah, yeah. that we mm. see. So if we were to make a prequel, we want it to be, we could make it about even older people, but we, we could, definitely but want I the, think grandma the grandma to be in I think we should do, yeah. The grandma's dreams on like and the things that she experienced. Yeah. So, <clears throat> so hmm. I'm curious. Let's look at, where's my phone? Look up a little bit about Shinto religion in general. Yes. Because um, I think the Shinto religion is is very fascinating. It's a 
a Japanese religion. And that's what the grandmother is practicing. And I feel like this particular family is the kind of spiritual center. They are because of this community, right? Mm -hmm. Because the two girls, they're, they're the ones that are doing the ritual with the sake and the dancing. Um, and they have a big shrine and they talk about, um, Oh shoot. What is the guy about the fire? Oh, remember the fire, the fire. There was a big fire that they talked about in the movie. Yes. And they named it after, um, oh, what is the guy? The, the M guy, the, the guy that starts with an M. I, Ma- Maya <laughs> Montegaro or something. Something similar. about that. Because they're like, why would they name a fire after or, him? Uh, like the, the, she's like, oh, I feel bad for him. He The fire got named after him? Yeah. Uh-huh. So th- what what was that fire? Um, so Shinto, the literal definition is the way of the gods. This is according to AsianSociety.org. Um, it's Japan's, it's their native belief system and predates historical records. Isn't that cool? I think that's fascinating. So, sorry, what would you say? Oh, it's Japan's native belief system and predates historical records that they have. Okay. Okay. So, I just looked up what the fire was. So, um, Mayagaro was the name of the man. Okay. And in in the movie, there was a fire that destroyed the shrine and all of the documents of Itamori's tradition. Oh, and so um, this family is trying to keep the tradition alive, but there's not proof of it. So it's interesting. There's so much to this movie that they don't discuss, uh-huh. but it's like, do you know that there's more? Yeah. And that's why I, again, we're going to ruin it. I'd love to talk to the actual creator of this and see what he and has. See what he has to he say. Had in mind. Oh, definitely. Mm-hmm. Because when you're a writer, you want to build you. Like I've heard of a lot of writers, they'll write an entire backstory for a character that they don't put in their book or their movie. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Just so you know who this person is. So it just helps you write. One particular person in general who did a lot of that is J.R.R. Tolkien. Um, he did a lot of backstory and stuff for his, Yeah, you know, for his books that he, he made. so many books. It's incredible, truly, how much he's written uh-huh. about the Lord of the Rings universe or the Middle, Middle Earth. Earth universe. Yeah. Um, because Lord of the Rings is what everyone knows, right? But it's so tiny compared to, compared what, to is actually, what is actually out there if you want to oh, get into talking. Yeah, easy. And then his son continued on with it too. Is that and true? So, I didn't know. I, I'd heard that, but I kind of forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, so he wrote it and then his son wrote even more and there's just so much. And then nowadays, you know, they're continuing. A lot of the stuff they're writing nowadays are things that Jared Token already written about. You know what I mean? And they're just kind of putting it to to TV show or to film. Um, okay. So the earliest sacred items associated with Shinto practices are the mirrors, swords, and jewels found in ancient burial sites. It was not until the arrival and influence of Buddhism with this long tradition of producing anthropomorphic representations of Buddhist deities that statues and paintings of Shinto divinities started to be produced around the eighth century without scriptural descriptions of the images depicted them as men and women in secular cultural costumes and attitudes. Traditionally, these icons were hidden from the view of practitioners, kept in close inner sanctuaries of shrines, and venerated from the outside. Mm. Okay. Uh-huh. And then there was a... When Buddhism got introduced there, it kind of combined with the both with both of them, if that makes sense. Mm. There was a um, complementary between Shinto and Buddhist figures. Um, 
the Shinto kami were thought to strive towards Buddhist enlightenment. So they were not abandoned their traditional belief, but was able to appeal to a wide range of people, which is why it got so big in Japan. So yeah. Okay. It's kind of interesting. So what is the consequence for leaving the Shinto priesthood? Because that was a That was the dad. Yeah. The dad left the Shinto priesthood and then the grandma like she like took I don't know if she took, but then at that moment the girls went to live with the grandma instead of with the dad. Yeah. Was that because the grandma didn't want like I'm just like what is the consequence of leaving the Shinto priesthood? Do you lose your family? Um That's what I'm trying to find out. So he was a priest, most likely, right? Or he was a keeper of the shrine. I, again, we we don't we don't know, know too much. much. We're trying, you know, kind of going with this as well. I don't think he would. Honestly, from what it almost looks like, I'm just going based off what the movie showed, right? I just kind of think the dad lost purpose and then the grandma just took him in, if that makes sense. Yeah, the dad when when his when wife his wife died, died, yeah. I mean, that's a bad thing to do. Obviously, we don't mm-hmm. like like it's like he, he cared more about his wife than he did about his own daughters. It's yeah. Like the only reason he loved his daughters is because they were his wife. Mm-hmm. But if you look at all the interactions that the daughters had with him, they weren't good interactions. You know what I mean? Stand up straight. Do what you do. Like he wouldn't like remember when she, uh, she came into the office and was like things are going on is like. I'm calling you a psychic word right now. Like he hardly talked to them. You know what I mean? Yeah. He wasn't really that great of a dad. He wasn't. It almost felt like there wasn't really a connection, which naturally because he, they also lived with the grandma, but I could see the dad being like, you know, the grandma's like, I'll take him in. And he's like, okay, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so, so the, so the dad was not a member of this family that, so, so it's Mitsuha's family. That's Mm -hmm. the catalyst of the switching and the, whatever's going on. It doesn't even have to just be switching, but whatever this magical thing that's going on is Mitsuha's family. And the dad was brought into the family through the mom. You're right. It was through marriage too. Yeah. So I wonder if the dad got with the mom in the same way that Taki got with Mitsuha. Yeah. Through body switch. Oh, um, because yeah. he because he knew because that's the thing he did know he was one of the people that noticed that something was off about Mitsuha when Taki was in her body and he said this isn't you who are but you? it's not he's not part of that family yeah you're right he's only part of that family through marriage so and then he did you know embrace the religion that she had but but only be think, through her mm-hmm. so I feel as much as the grandma is interesting, I do like the aspect of the dad because he is, he, he was once in the place of talkie. Yeah. Um, and then just kind of went and I wonder like Mitsuha and talkie, we assume they get together at the end of the movie. If not, it's heartbreaking to think I mean, of. They do. Not- <laughs> I mean, they do. No, they, no, no, they, yeah, bo- yeah. they both, mm-hmm. they, they don't remember who each other are, but they'll, they're going to, fall in love again oh, in a yeah. different way. Uh-huh. So it would be sad to think that a similar thing could happen to Taki where if Mitsuha were to die, he would he would yeah. He would not he would be a person like that that would just leave, you know. It's interesting. 
so I want to, so should we write a story about the dad and the mom and the grandma? I think we could throw all three in, in a way. I think probably more, it's more centered on the mom and the dad, but I think the grandma plays a big supporting role. Okay. If that's the route we go with. Or we do the grandma as a little, not as a kid, but as like a teenager, you know, Mitsuwa's age. Mm-hmm. One of the two, I say. Did she ever talk about the grandpa at all? No. I don't think she did. I can't remember if she ever mentioned him, but I mean, obviously he existed. Right, right. Um, as Even if it was only through childbirth, like like if he wasn't even part of their life, he existed somewhere. Right. Um, but uh, I want to, I'm just thinking of how this, and also do we want him? is this magic through, does it come from the women of this family specifically, you think? It seems to be a tradition as of right now. You know what I mean? Especially for these generations, it's been the women who... All the characters that we know exist. Yeah. Um, have been the women. The women mm-hmm. are the... The women are the family that um, has the magic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the men get brought into it. Yeah. Why... So, th- this is another thing I want to establish why are the men selected because they're because they're like connect because it kept showing in the original movie that the that Mitsuha and Taki were like connected to each other they had yeah. they had just like a kind of a cosmic link mm-hmm. that they were meant to always be the ones mm-hmm. and why why yeah I don't know like what about Taki made him the person for Mitsuha? Well, that's what about Taki? Taki was it because they were opposites, but they weren't they pure were, opposites. But they brought the good things out in each other. They did. That is a good example. They did bring the good things out in each other, and Taki sacrificed a lot for Mitsuha. You know what I mean? Uh huh. Like when he found, like he went searching forever for her. A lot of it's just his character, but I think a part of it is the opposites. You know what I mean? The opposite of Mitsuha was them. And they excelled in each other's bodies, which I thought was really funny. Yeah. That so, it showed. You know so what I mean? Mitsuha at the beginning of the movie, and the reason I'm establishing this is so that we can establish how who, how the mom's character is. I mean, which would be opposite from the dad's, who is pretty um, stuck up and... Uh, that, see... Now that's that's interesting. I feel like the reason, like the dad and the mom would have complimented each other so much that when she died, all of the negative parts of him were am- mm-hmm. amplified because amplified. he didn't he didn't have the part of him that brought him down. Yeah, it's almost like okay, this and is that's an why odd he example. that's why he became a bad dad and uh-huh. why he became a good politician. Mm-hmm. Are you ready for this? You know what it almost seems like uh, Shang Chi, um, Legend of Ten Rings. Yeah, the mom and dad in that one was what it sounds like is kind of similar. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, exactly. That same way. They brought the good out in each other. Yeah. They got, they brought the good out in each other. And then once the mom died, the dad just, he reverted, he reverted completely and almost worse. Yeah. So the, the, in, in your name, Mitsuha, she's, um, insecure. Mm-hmm. She's shy. She's, um, very proper. Yeah. Not very fun, I would say. I mean, no. I mean, she had good friends, but like, mm-hmm. 
she was just in the background. She was, yeah. You know what I mean? Like uh, mm-hmm. just a person. She was kind of made fun. She was made fun of a lot too. From what it showed, like people were teaser, you know, her being the, she ran into those guys, remember during the, his, her yeah. dad's like mayor rally. Yeah, they, they were being mean mm-hmm. to her. She's, she feels insecure about her family, even though to me, I think what they were doing was very cool. Yeah, with the sake, the drink. The sake, yeah, yeah. The sake. And when people started saying that, you could tell she was embarrassed. She hated that she was a teen. Like, she's like, you don't know what it's like to be a teenager. But what I think is really cool, and this might be different from the mom and the dad that they showed in this one. Um, there was enough time for them separately, if that makes sense, that the lasting chain, there was a lasting change from them, if that makes sense. So yeah. here's what I mean. Even if they didn't remember it. The Mitsua at the very end stood up to her dad, right? Yeah. I think that was her character progression, you know? Yeah. I, she would have never done that at the beginning. She was like, yeah, you know, I'll stand up, you know, all that different kind of stuff. But she stood up to her dad at the end saying, get rid of these people. And I think that was that character progression. And then the girl that liked Taki, Miss... Um, Okadera. Okadera, Miss Okadera, even said, he was always nice before, but there's something different about him now. And I know now that it was because of this girl that he was seeing, right? What she didn't know that it was the dreams, right? Yeah. But even but she knew he, that he changed because of, of her. her. Yeah. But and he did. He, even separately, and after what, five years or so, he was still that way. You know what I mean? He was still that kind, yeah, that and, kinder person and than Oka, he was before. Okadera liked Taki in um, when Mitsuha was him. Yeah. But at the time when she said that, she was talking about the way he acted. Uh huh. Like the fact that he was going on the train and like and doing, she she liked that person and that was purely Taki. That, yeah. He had changed because of her mm. too. Yeah. What so what were his negative traits? He was Takis. Um. Um. I also think that he wasn't. I mean, not these were like confident. super negative traits. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Like just like what was his thing? Um, he's pretty masculine. He was a pretty like headstrong Ma- masculine headstrong didn't really i felt like he wouldn't be the one to listen to others almost a little prideful yeah from his groups of friends that he was with i was guessing you know just a little bit you know yeah like the, even some of that was still in him when like at the end when they're <laughs> adults and his friends had he had like eight jo- job offers and the other guy had two See, when he had zero he, you could tell he was like <laughs> he was kind of bad about it uh-huh. uh, so that's the you know it's still there a little bit but there was definitely you know an improvement that he had and I also wonder if part of it was what he was doing for his job change because not his job change. I don't know what he really wanted to go into before, but now what he was talking about when he was in all the interviews, he was discussing how he wanted to make things beautiful, if that makes sense. Yeah. He wanted to change the architecture. He goes, I want something that will like connect with people. And I think a lot of that came when he was, was with very Mitsuha thing to say. in Itamori because Itamori is that kind of place that's beautiful and it connects with someone. And we were talking that at the beginning, right? How... That yeah, so city he, is just different. And now he's kind of having that in his architectural views. Yeah, so who he was as a, as an adult was very highly influenced by her. Yeah. Even, even though he didn't remember her at that moment. Mm-hmm. I believe so. Maybe that's what he always wanted to do, but I think there was a change. I think there was a difference. Yeah. And so that's, that's why I think it's so sad when we know that Mitsuha's mother died because yeah, we know that they had that or we're assuming and we're inferring that they had a similar mm-hmm. connection and they're so like cosmically connected like yeah. ca- canonically. Mm-hmm. And then when one, that person is gone, 
the person you're cosmically connected to and the person that made you who you are, like you, you can feel for the dad and why he, why he became so bitter and so, um, not a good person. Someone who was, who left his daughters Mm -hmm. with their grandmother and didn't care for them. And when he did talk to them, it was just in a way that they didn't even like, it was in more like a business manner. Like they were his employees, you know? He, yeah, they weren't someone he, um, loved. They were someone who he had to deal with. Yes, definitely. And, and he he wanted to look good for him. Mm-hmm. So, mm. so what? what so what year this does move, this movie take place? By the way, twenty sixteen. Okay, it was so, twenty thirteen in Mitsumura's time. Twenty sixteen in Taki's time. So the oh, so they were our age in the movie when the movie came out. I believe so. Like because we were um, fifteen, sixteen. Uh huh when this movie came out and that's how old they were. So how old are our parents? Mine. It, <laughs> we 45, 44. Okay. Yeah. We have similar aged parents. Mm-hmm. So, um, our parents, when were our parents meeting each other in the nineties? Yes. My parents got married in 99. Okay. Yeah. And so mine were married a little earlier than that. I can't remember okay. exactly what year, mm-hmm. but, um, yeah, so they were they were dating. They were they knew each other in the nineties. Mm-hmm. They were in high school in the nineties. So this movie about the mom and the dad takes place in the nineties. Mm-hmm. So what was Japan like in the nineties? Because I know what the United States was like in the nineties, but what the heck was Japan like? Let's find some. What is Japan in the nineties? <laughs> what was Japan like? Um, I mean, how many years are we from the atomic bomb in the nineties? Uh, 50 years. So the 1990s, oh, in Japan was the beginning of economic turmoil and recession for that popular, for that particular nation, resulting in their lost decade. Oh, okay. So that's a lost yeah, decade so that's for a, Japan. Uh-huh. Interesting. Well, the lost decade would finally end in 2000 for Japan. This would become the era where young Japanese salarymen were forced to find different lines of work. Oh, so the 1990s was so actually a rough like time de- for... It's like their depression. Yeah. It was okay. actually their rough time. Interesting. So, wow, that's convenient. That, that's an interesting plot line. Yeah. And so they're high schoolers or, yeah, no, high schoolers or college students around that time, you know, in that middle. Yep, yep, yep. That, those school. teens age. I, I think they would be high school because I think they would have a very similar Yeah, so I'm saying like to, 16 or 15. I can't remember how old Mitsuo was. I think Taki was 16. I know that because he was a junior. So that's the thing. Taki and Mitsuha were the same age. Were they? Well, they were, but when they were switching, he was three years older. So I think she was like 15 and he was um, almost 18. Isn't the opposite way? Wasn't Mitsuha? No, because when, when she was, um, when she was switching, she, uh, yeah. Like when she went to go visit him, he was like 15 at that moment and then three years passed and then he started experiencing it, but she had already been dead for three years. Oh, you're right. You're right. I, yeah. So Mitsua is the female protagonist. She is 17 years old, living in the rural town of Itamori. Her year. Oh, she was 17. Yeah. So Taki's like 20 years old when this happens. Ta- how old is Taki in your name? He's a 17 year old high school student. So when he went to go visit, yeah. So this is what I think. So what am I going with? Mitsuha. Mitsuha 
was 17 in 2013. She went to Taki go. was tw- 14. So when she saw him in Tokyo, he was 14. Yes. And she was 17. But when they were switching bodies, he was 17. I think their switching bodies was the same age, but their actual timeline age is she's three years older than he is. Oh, I, okay. I just thought they were the same age, but when they were switching, he was older because he was three years late. But that's interesting. So he's actually, he's actually younger than her. Yes. By three years. Mm-hmm. Nice, Taki. Good job. Nah. <laughs> what a what love a man! I would love is. to see it. No. <laughs> uh, I'd love a twenty-five-year-old woman. That'd be perfect for me. Oh yeah, if that she would be twenty-five. I'd date someone who's three years older than me. I would. No. I nope. also I'd date someone younger, but yeah, I prefer older. Just so you know, that's fair. Yeah, for all the all the, for all the viewers out there. Out there. <laughs> um, twenty-five or. 24 perfect mm-hmm. i had a friend one time this is kind of off track but it's really funny so we were talking and he's like i think the woman should be older than the man and i was like okay yeah like fair fair like whatever how old do you say and he goes okay that's a good point point." and i'm like just like yeah you know how old and she he responds with uh at least 25 and 25 i'm like years yeah <laughs> i was like what <laughs> that's crazy so like a 40 year old woman yeah is what he said. I didn't know if he was messing with me. We didn't have enough time to talk about it because we were going into interviews and I had to go in next. And I'm just like, <laughs> I mean, men die freaking younger. They do. Yeah. So they should be with older women. Then they die around the same time. They should. This is also another thing that women mature faster. And so a younger woman with an older man has the same maturity level. Yeah, but we'll freaking catch up. Exactly. And, and that's it's not, not like that. Accurate. It isn't. I some 100% women, agree with Some that. women are less mature. Some men are less more mature, mature. Yeah. more mature it's whatever maturity is not based on gender yeah no 100 percent. even if statistically it might be a little bit like and how much is that little bit you know what i mean at the same time you're 20 years old <laughs> in my experience i've met a lot more immature women maybe i just hang out with women more often but i get that mm-hmm. like that's that's my experience genuinely mm-hmm. too many too many 18 year olds here carter yeah so we actually we're at a junior college <laughs> we're at a junior college specifically in utah that's actually yeah. important <laughs> that is important to add because if you are unaware which i'm sure you're aware because lots we've of talked people, about lots it lots of people know about this but utah yeah. is a very religious state just by default it is. i mean not yeah. everyone's religious lots of people here are not uh-huh. like this is just a stereotype but there are a lot of people who are mormon specifically church of jesus christ and they send boys on missions for two years Mm -hmm. and so most boys here are leaving high school and then going on missions for two years right then and so when you come to a junior college you have a ton of girls who are just out of high school and then all of the boys are two years older Uh uh-huh it's true no it is that's like just this is only a Utah thing. Uh-huh. And both of us are are older. I didn't you did you did go on a mission. I did, yeah. I did not, but I just happened to be older for other reasons. Right. And so uh I don't even know why I talk about this, but I, I'm just saying like every girl that's around me that I've like thought of as like someone I want to date is all like 18-year-olds. They are. And all and the 22. ones all the ones who are older and more mature 
are married. Yeah. Like, they're like, <laughs> they get married at like 19 here, 20. Yeah. And, and then so the girls that gone. I'm like and interested so, in because they're 22, 23, or even 21. Yeah. They're all married. Mm-hmm. Or I can't in think serious of tw- relationships for like four years. Okay. So I can think of one girl who's 20. Or is she 21? 21. I can think of one girl who's my age who is single. Every other one I've met is either in a serious relationship or married. And most of them married. <laughs> yep. One of our good friends got engaged yesterday. They did. Congrats. She 18. She's 18. No, she's, she's, 19. she's 19. Oh, she just this turned is her 19. second year. I <laughs> 19 is, I think, I don't know, man. I feel bad. I don't know any of our friends ages. I'm not even going to lie. I barely um, know yours. And please, <laughs> I know Callie's 22. Yeah. Um, yeah, she's 22. She's yeah. great. If any men are out there, Callie's a great, she's been on this podcast before. Please date Callie. She's, <laughs> she's super <laughs> cute. She's super nice. She's going to hate us. Um, <laughs> hit her up. Here's her number. Uh, <laughs> yo, should I? That's hilarious. No, I'm not gonna do it because she's not even gonna answer anyway. Because she would be a- until it's one of our Russian viewers. Because we have one of them out there. If we have you- more than one now. We have lots of Russian viewers. Really? Yeah. How great. We love you, Russia. We do love you, Russians. We do. Thank you for. We're not. Thank you for we're not down with Putin, but we love you, citizens of Russia. Exactly. I'm probably sure they could say the same thing about Trump or Biden. And they love Fair. us, right? Fair. Fair enough. We, we love you guys. <laughs> Thank you for coming. Um, what were we talking about? I have no idea. <laughs> we, something about your name. What should the title of this one be? Um, yeah, that's an interesting question. Because your name is very particular to the movie, if that you, makes sense. You have no idea why it's freaking called that until like the end, really. Uh-huh. But you totally know why it's called your name, you know? It has like the name is so important to uh-huh. this is an interesting question that I wonder if, and there's no answer to it. So it's just how we predict we, how we perceive it after they find out who each other's names are mm-hmm. because the movie ends with them saying, what is your name movie over? Yeah. They don't even say what their name is when they find out what their names are. Do they start to remember the past I'm, or do they just start a new future together? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. I, what is better? Do you think what is better? I do not know the answer to this. I would almost like to think that they remember a little bit. Okay. If that makes sense. I would like to think that the problem is they don't remember anything because the timeline switched. If that makes sense. So Itamori is alive now. And so the reason why well, he the was, people of Itamori. the people, the people of Itamori are alive now. And the, so the place is still his, uh, his mind of what he was doing, visiting Itamori is completely different now because he was like, I'm going to save the girl. And he remembers this, right? He was going to save the city. But now that everyone was saved, he would even talk about it. He goes, I had a weird fascination and I can't remember why yeah, because I wanted to go for that city because that timeline changed and now it's no longer about saving the girl because now she was been saved. And so like, well, yeah, he's like, you know I, what I mean? Why did I care so much about this city that didn't kill people? Yeah, that like most, it wasn't a tragedy. Yeah, most people survived. There was a few who didn't, but they were even say that. But like it was a miracle. Like most survived because everyone was at the high school. It's like, yeah, so why would he be so obsessed with a miracle rather than a tragedy? So no, it makes sense. That he wouldn't remember. You know what? Mm, I like to think that they did, but I don't think they did. Maybe something I think they just there. had a new future. Together. I think they had a new future. I think there might have been something there because when they both turned around asking what your name was, they were both crying. You they know what recognized I mean? each other, but they, they didn't know why. Yeah, and I think that's going to stay with them. You know, do you ever have that happen to you? 
I feel like I meet people all the time. I'm like, I feel like I know you weirdly. Yes. Yes. 100%. I actually do agree with that. There's people that I meet that I'm like, do I know you? Like, have I seen you before? You know what I mean? It's not like they look like one of my friends or someone that I knew. You know what I mean? Mm. But I just felt like I've known them for a really long time. Also, are you a deja vu person? I have deja vu like every day. Sometimes. Sometimes I have deja vu. Not not like every day, but there's many times that I'm like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, no, this really truly happened to me one time. Or not actually more than one time. I... And I don't really tr- believe that you can tell the future with a dream. Some people believe that, but I don't really think that's real. But like I've had a dream and then I've been experiencing something in real life. And I'm like, wait, this has happened to me before. I remember this exact yeah. moment. And I'm like, why? When did this happen? And then I remember that I had a dream about it like a, like a month ago. Really? That's kind of crazy. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, so I that I what you mean. did I freaking re- read the future? It wasn't like a that big of a moment. It was just something dumb, something stupid. Yeah. But like, why did I dream about this? Yeah. I think dreams are the most fascinating thing ever because we don't really know anything about it. You know <sighs> what I mean? There's How theories. is there not more religion about dreams? Uh, Dream religion, like yeah. full on religions based on dreams. How is there not? I don't have no idea. There should I. <laughs> Honestly, like think about it. Think you don't know science and you are in one of the primitive, you know, uh, like time periods. I don't know. Some time period. You don't know too much about science, whatever. And you're dreaming. What do you think is going on? You know what I mean? Yeah. What in your brain? We know ideas of what it is. You know what I mean? Yeah, we can. We Yeah. Science has been able to explain sort of what it is. But yeah. What we they still think don't it really is, know you know? what it is. Yeah, but we don't really do. And imagine not knowing that. And then you have a vivid dream too. And you wake up and you're just like, what was that? You know? I've also, another interesting thing is people. So people that grew up before the television. Yeah. Dreamed in color. Not like when people would oh, remember, yeah. uh-huh. they dreamed in color. But when the television first came out, the people that watched television started to dream in black and white. No way. Yes. This, this has been documented. Really? And then when the color television came out, people started to dream in color again. And the reason, and obviously this isn't everyone, but this was like a lot of people were dreaming in black and white. And the reason was, is before the television, people didn't really have a reference to what a dream was. So they just dreamed what they actually saw. Yeah. But then when there was a television, people like subconsciously connected a television to some seeing something that's not real. And a dream, dream being seeing something that's not real. And so then they saw it in black and white because that's how the TV looked. Oh. And then when color came back, I, we see it in color again. Yeah. But isn't that really just kind of that's fascinating? So, yeah, that is so intriguing. I had no idea. Huh. How cool. I have. Yeah. That's mind blowing. And uh, people dream in different languages. People dream in. When I was uh, in Brazil, I started to dream in Portuguese. Yeah. I would dream like the funny thing is people would say things to me and I'd be like, I don't know. And I would start like saying random things in Portuguese to people. (laughs) I mean, that means you're a true, like they say that you're fluent when you can dream in another language. Yeah. Is that what they say? Yeah. I don't know if I was fluent, but I was pretty proud. (laughs) My uh, Korean friend, she's, she's more than a friend. I call her her sister, but, uh, she's she's a sleep talker 
And she talks so fast. I've heard her. She talks so fast and so loud in Korean. <laughs> and so I don't know what she's talking about because I don't speak Korean That's so awesome. fully yet. But yeah. but yeah, she dreams in Korean and she speaks loudly in Korean. Really? And uh, so it's a random interesting fact, but. I think languages are also so weird. Because think about it. Do you move your vocal cords in a way that say, you know, everyone here in the United States, say everyone speaks English, right? Not, not everybody speaks English, but in a way that you say something, you say just like sounds and in someone's brain, they go, that sound means this, like this, this sound, you know what I mean? Like languages yeah. just are weird. What well, do you think of it? Well, think about it. It is interesting because if there was a dog that grew up in Japan, say, yeah, it lived its whole life in Japan. And then a dog that grew up in the United States, we could put those two dogs together and they could communicate in the way that dogs do perfectly. Uh-huh. Yeah. But if you had a human that grew up exclusively in Japan and a person that exclusively grew up in the United States, you put them next to each other. They would have no way of telling each other what's going on mm-hmm. because, because of like, we're smarter than a dog and that makes us so we can't communicate. It's like weird. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's, I mean, that's there, are, there are ways that we can body language communicate and we could, you could, you could basically tell someone what's happening. Yeah. But even but then body language communication is different. is different in different cultures and different countries. Yeah. So even then it could be a little difficult, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> I was going to talk more about dreams and religion. Like for example, both of us grew up Christian. And so in the Bible, uh, the dreamers mm-hmm. dreams were considered the future. Specifically yeah, like with Joseph. Mm-hmm. Like uh, Joseph, if you don't know anything about Joseph, you can watch the DreamWorks movie about Joseph or you can watch the Broadway play about Joseph. Joseph oh, yeah, is a right. very popular person. Uh-huh. But his story, um, according to the Bible, is that yeah. he was sold into slavery in Egypt and the reason he gained power in Egypt and notoriety and ended up escaping slavery is that he was able to tell the Pharaoh what his dream meant. Mm -hmm. And according to the Bible, the Pharaoh's dream came true. Yeah. And they were able to say like, there was a famine and they were able to prepare for it. And so like the whole land of Canaan or, but it's also an interesting thing is that the Pharaoh, he dreamed a dream and he thought I need to get this interpreted. Meaning the Egyptian culture believed that dreams had meaning and had could tell the future. That's true. Because he was he, an Egyptian. He was, yeah. he was seeking that out. Mm-hmm. Not only could Joseph interpret it through the power of God, according to the Bible, the, the Egyptians believed that this could even be done. So they also had this, yeah, no, I never thought of that. We don't they have also that had this. We don't think of our culture as being, we don't think of dreams as being the future. We don't know. But, but yeah, they, why, why did they? Right. I mean, I guess they were trying to come up with an explanation. Why do we not try to come up with an explanation? I want to read the future. Like, like I said, I think right. deja vu happens to me all the time. So maybe my dreams are reading the future. Why do I not care as much as I should? 
Now I'm kind of intrigued. Um, because, so deja vu is a past life, right? Well, that's one interpretation of what it might be. Mm-hmm. Um, what do hint? So I'm, I'm or just an alternate or an alternate reality of yourself in a different universe. Yeah. Or, or it's you remembering a, a vision. Those are like the three examples I can think of, of how to explain deja vu. Mm-hmm. Or you just experienced a similar moment in your real life and then you just kind of forgot about it and now you're remembering it again. So that's probably a more, this likely. is pretty cool. Hinduism say about dreams. Hindus interpret dreams and the whole world as illusions made by a God named Vishnu. Vishnu. Vi- probably. Yep. yep. It is Vishnu. Yeah. <laughs> um, what do African cultures? In fact, many African cultures dreams are spiritually regarded as a primary link to the spirits of deceased ancestors. Did we try to write a movie about dreams? We wrote about my dream, but then it wasn't like about dreams, if that makes sense. No, we wrote a movie about a serial killer that used dreams. Oh, you're right. We did. (laughs) I forgot about that. And he was like, she was cursed. No, I think we made it a she. Yeah, she was cursed, right? She was cursed. We'll have to go listen to the episode again. Yeah, but. you're right. I totally forgot about that. Yeah, she was cursed. I, and then I think we should write a movie about dreams. I'm like, we already kind of did. Right. I was going to say this. We've talked to dreams a lot on this podcast. Well, not a lot, but, you know, in general, things that we talk about, you know, dreams is a. Because dreams are fascinating. They are fascinating. Okay. So what do Muslims say about dreams? Um, dreams are threefold. Sometimes it's divine guidance and glory from God. Sometimes it's sorrow from the devil and sometimes are conflicts of daily living or past events. Hmm. Okay. So every religion has an, in, has thinks that dreams have something more than just coincidence. Yeah. Dreams. And so the Greeks and Romans believe that dreams could give information about past, present and future events. So, Nearly, what do the Egyptians think about dreams? Here's another one. We're like oracles bringing messages from the gods is what they thought dreams were, which is why he was seeking out a someone who could interpret. I think nearly every religion has something about dreams. You know what I mean? Like what they think dreams are. Yeah. So this this movie, which, <laughs> man, what are we going to title it? Your Name is So Good. It, it was such a good name for the but, movie. Uh, I mean, because we can't just do your name too. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's a classic American thing too. No, <laughs> something that has nothing to do with the first one, but it's a Or sequel. just don't even call it your name too. Just call it your name and just make people think that we're the only one. Yeah, right. We're like, <laughs> guys, we came up with this great idea. <laughs> that we totally stole from Japan. <laughs> um, but we won't say that. Exactly. Or we no. will, but it'll be really tidy. Right. In the bottom, be like, sequel to the first one. No. <laughs> um... Uh. And it'll be so bad. We'll make it live action, so it's terrible. Yeah, this movie was made to be in animation, especially anime. It was made for that kind of artwork. Man, I love animation so much, and I hate... There's so many adults that will not give it the time of day. Yeah, and it's so lame. I mean, even when we were going to watch Your Name, people were like... Some of our friends were not wanting to come because they're like, oh, I don't want to watch yeah. a stupid anime. And I made And I made that mistake. I was like anime but you're like it's good and i'm like okay and so we watched it and i now i'm like we have to see some more animation movies but animation is just such a good way to deliver messages that you can't do a lot of times with live action you know what i mean i mean you ha- that comet in the sky 
Oh. It would be so expensive yeah. to do live action, and it would not be as effective. It wouldn't. Not even close. It wouldn't be as pretty. It would be nothing compared to what they were able to do with anime. Like what animation. Was, they could control everything. They could control the lighting of the sky. They could control the wind. They could control... Because there's no variables. They mm-hmm. can make whatever they want appear. Yeah. That's why animation is so cool. Right. And what I loved about that, it was a different form. It was more of a artistic animation. I mean, it was anime, but it was very artistic, right? A lot of times in, I feel like now in American movies, the animation they just make it to look like it's a real life. You know what I mean? That's like the yeah. theme is making it look real life. And they do, which 3D. is cool. They only do 3d now. Yeah. In America. Which is cool. Yeah. No, don't get me wrong. There's a place for it, but there's also a place for that. Like surrealism, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, the 2d specifically. Oh yeah. Another great two day movie that came out two years ago, which is one of the first ones I've seen in a long time was a Christmas movie called Klaus. Yes. Um, was 2d animated and i thought it was beautiful it was, it was actually a combo it right, was, it right. Had both which is a lot of th- now 2d you know you'll have a combination of 3d as well but um another great example of that and the movie with the best and i think one of the movies with the best animation that combines also a lot of different ones is uh spider-man into the spider-verse have you seen that one of course I've seen it. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. Yeah, no, love the animation in that. How they made it comic booky, but they also include the the newer newer the black like the dark. It literally translates to newer. Ah, we're going to go with newer. Where it's like dark and gritty, Nicolas Cage's character. Um Yeah. And then you also had anime and you had 2D drawing all yeah. in there. So we're coming close to the end. So I think I think this movie has qualified to make a second part because mm-hmm. I'm I like I like the idea. Agreed. Um, and we're keeping it anime, right? Like, of course, you know what I mean. I mean uh, we're not actually doing it, but um, but yeah. So I I do want to continue this one because an hour is definitely not long enough. It's long enough to know if the movie idea sucks. Yeah. We have a lot of those. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true, but this one does. A I don't few, think a few of them, a few of them need another hour. And so that's what this one is. So we, we do have a little bit more time to talk. So we're not going to talk about the movie anymore. I just want to talk more about animation. Well, how do you feel about stop motion? There's a great place for it. Um, I think it's one of the coolest it is. art forms. I have seen some bad stop motion movies though. That was hard for me to watch. Which ones? Like, okay. Now I'm going to get a lot of flack for this. Um, the Christmas movies with like, I'm Mr. He miser. Yeah. I'm Mr. Sun. I hated the they animation in that one. Um, but another the- example, Coraline, I thought was perfect in stop motion. I think it was, yeah, the stop motion was the perfect art form to express that movie. You know what yeah, I mean? There's some, there's some incredible, um, uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox. Did you see that one? No, I've heard that one. So oh, good. So good. Um, Isla that one's a West is made Whedon. by the same person. Wes and Wes Anderson. That's Wes what it Anderson. is. Mm-hmm. Um, Isla dogs. Yeah. I made by the same it. person. Mm-hmm. Fantastic movie. The story. The I have it thing, on my list. I need to watch it. The interesting thing about Isle of dogs is Isle of dogs has Japanese in it and no subtitles, but as an English speaker, you can still understand the story. It's very, really? Yes. Interesting. I mean, there's English in it. The dogs speak English, but the people speak Japanese. Oh, and that's 
so anyway, but they, he purposely made it so you there are no subtitles for that movie because he wanted you to experience it in a different way. He didn't yeah. want you to understand what they were saying because the dogs didn't. Right. That's kind of that's pretty smart. That's awesome. So, you know, that's a fantastic movie. Stop motion. Um, and again, the story is very good in and of itself, but it wouldn't have worked in anything other than stop motion. That is true. Um, there's a movie, um, that just came out on Netflix called, um, Wendell and wild. Oh, I mean, I, I have a list of movies. Wendell and wild was very good. Um, it has key and peel in it. I Okay. I've heard of this one. I love key and peel. Um, and there's a new Pinocchio movie coming out soon. Yes. Um, by, ah, oh, he's a famous, um, Del Toro, not Del, Toro. Del Toro. No, Guillermo, Guillermo Del Toro. Yeah. Is that how is he, I think is so. That his name. Guillermo Del Toro. Yeah. So wait, what was that? Isle of dogs. Isle of dogs. Fantastic. Mr. Fox. Um, the little prince. Have you ever seen that? No. So little prince is really, the little prince is actually 3d animated and stop motion. animated. Oh. So the, the characters, so the characters like tell a story. It's hard to explain this movie. It's very, <laughs> it's a very artistic film. Yeah. Um, and it was based on a book and oh, any, cool. anytime they're talking about the book, what the characters like tell the book mm-hmm. when they're talking about the book, it's stop motion, but it's like paper. Oh, it's, it's really cool. Interesting. Okay. So I'd recommend little prince. I'd recommend, um, like obviously we have nightmare before Christmas. We have classic, uh, corpse bride. We have Frank and weenie. We have all of the Leica stuff. The Kubo, Tim Burton's Kubo and the two strings was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, box trolls was good. Paranorman was fantastic. Coraline. Um, I never saw the missing link, but that's probably still, that's probably great too. I've heard the missing link actually. Um, what are other stop motion movies? What's another form of, why are you thinking of that? I'm just trying to think of another form of animation particularly. So we have anime, stop motion, 3d, 2d. Um, what's like another, I mean, obviously you have the hybrids of all that, which could be considered its own thing. Of course. Um, I don't know. Those are pretty much. Yeah. Let's invent a new animation. animation. How would... The cutout. Oh, our own animation. What? What? Did... Oh, no. I'm just thinking that like, oh, our own animation. Flipbook. Yes. Flipbook animation. Flipbook animation. Imagine if someone did an entire movie that way. Oh, that would be excruciating. But oh. what if it was so, <laughs> what if the story was so good? That'd be cool. That That's would be a cool idea for a short film. You know yeah. what I mean? I'm intrigued about that. That would be a bad idea. But like you can see the person's like fingers flipping. Uh-huh. So it would be kind of like bad, but the story's so good that you don't care. And the animation would be good too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That'd be cool. Interesting idea. Right. I mean, cause a flip book animation is how you do 2d animation. You just don't make it obvious. Right? No, exactly. Yeah. You just film the, the pictures as you, mm-hmm. <sighs> who came up with the like animation is so hard to do it's so time consuming but it's so if you do it you can do really bad animation there's tons of examples of bad animation but like good animation people take so much it takes so much passion and artistry it does and commitment to tell a story Mm -hmm. which and it 
it's better for it. Yeah. That's why I hate when people bash on animation because it's the easier way is to do live action and not to bash live action. No, there's great that live has action. It, that has yeah. its place mm-hmm. too. Definitely. That has its place, but there's great avenues with animation that can't be. So we're not, we're at an hour. I'd like, I would like to do another episode of this in the future. Agreed. Um, because I feel like we mainly just gave the details. We, we mostly, Shinto, we mostly about just we talked about the original movie and what makes it good. And then we decided that we do want to talk about the dad and the mom. Yeah. Their relationship. And then we made, we found a discovery that it happened in a interesting time in Japan. Right. Which could, so I think we actually a have a lot to work on in, in a second episode. So I'm excited for that, but that's the Same. end of this episode. So, um, I think is our next episode won't be a Christmas episode, but then we'll have a Christmas episode and then yeah. we're going to take a break. The for next two episode weeks. is going to be a love story. Is that correct? Yes. That will be released. A love story with two guests. Yes. It'll be very fun about them. Yep. It'll be and a good, good there's, episode. There's some guests. I think you guys will be excited about. So, Oh yes. Let's uh, jump back into the void. <laughs>